0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. I'm a nerd, he's a nerd, welcome to the Nerd Show.
1: Podcast Radio. She's a nerd, he's a nerd, talking about what we know. Nerd podcast Radio. They're all nerds, we're all nerds. Buckle up, cause here we go. Nerd podcast Radio. Welcome everybody to the Nerd Podcast Radio. Welcome everybody to the Nerd Podcast podcast
0: radio welcome to nerd podcast radio your nerd home away from home greetings super Beacon brian here of nerd podcast radio and we have a really exciting show today i am joined by david theobald the hey everybody and aaron i didn't ask you how i should introduce you so aaron
1: why don't you do introduce yourself uh, yeah, that's perfect. So uh, I'm Aaron and I host a show on the channel you, on YouTube called Deadhead Animation and my show is called uh, Reeducation. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a p- pleasure to have you with us.
0: Thank you. Um, we kind of talked to back and forth. We Anthony was supposed to be here today and his computer died right before he was going to come on. Anthony found you and said that you are a a a fanatic about star trek
1: yes that's very true i watch star trek almost every single day i know all manner of things about it it's kind of like the one thing that i just like to nerd right out on Sweet.
0: i have been hooked on a youtube channel called trek actually for the past two weeks
1: oh yeah yeah trek actually is great Ooh, i'll check this out oh it's really cool he
0: he has some cool stuff he has some cool stuff on his own channel too that's not just the star trek stuff
1: yeah, I think that's uh, Steve Shives that hosts Trek. That hosts yeah, Trek, yeah. Actually. yeah, that is who that is. Yep.
0: Um, so we're going to talk about not Star Trek alone, but we're going to talk about starships. Um, we haven't talked about this since episode 94, where we did um, what ship would you like to fly through space on? I remember uh, that episode. That was a good one. Um, I straight up just copied and pasted the outline from that episode. So, <laughs> nice. um, so we have new people on today. I did perfectly fine to just go down a new topic. Um, but first, David, uh, But first, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You,
2: where we uh, talk about the nerdy things we've done the last few weeks, and then uh, we vote on who was the nerdiest with the patented Mike Myler widget system.
0: <laughs> okay. That but sounds Mike like a great Myler, time. Is a game designer who was on our show once and said, Your game isn't complicated enough. <laughs> every time he's been
2: on, it gets more complicated. It's great. Yeah. And then Brian starts changing rules and coming up with half widgets and other stupid shit. And well, spending what other people's is, widgets. And-
0: is one of our listeners, Dylan, wrote a computer program that lets us um, figure out what our scores are. So every time he finishes the program, I change the rules.
1: okay so this doesn't sound complicated or confusing at all it's really not
0: it's
2: not no,
1: no it's not it's yeah
0: um i am going to call anthony now because he just hooked up skype on his phone and we're gonna see if we can get this to work oh neat let's see perfect let's see if he's even if we can even understand him all right be prepared for audio stuff well, I mean push comes to shove. Well I'm gonna try. Let's see. We can always we start over if push comes to shove. So Yeah, that's true. Let's see what happens. I like this method. I like the let's just let's hear let the audience hear the feedback that's created by me doing this. Yeah. I I know, <laughs> but professionally, I mean if he's gonna join us it'd be
2: better to have him in from the start and just start over. That's We're my professionals? Opinion,
1: but... Nah. <sighs> Fine. <laughs>
0: It's it's not letting me join him in anyway, so... Oh,
1: man. Are we going to re-record some ambient noise again, or are you going to... No. Okay.
0: okay. Fair enough.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: Okay. So, Anthony's not here today. Anyway, Aaron, what was nervous <laughs> yes. with you?
1: Okay, so uh, in the past week, a thing that I usually like to do that is, I think, extremely nerdy is I have a very, very shitty three-dimensional graphics program called Google SketchUp. A lot of people, some people out in the audience might know what I'm talking about. It's basically the same kind of program that they use for uh, Google Earth to be able to create a lot of the buildings that you see when you get to the street view. Um, Yeah, so I use that program to actually um, draw uh, mock versions of starships from Star Trek. So what I'll actually do is I'll get, say, blueprints for the Enterprise D um, or the Enterprise A or whatever it is. And I'll take every single deck, every single floor, and I'll actually recreate the entire starship in a three-dimensional program deck by deck and basically turn it into a uh, sort of real-ish ship. Damn. That's that's nerdy.
0: That
1: (laughs) That is is also very cool. (laughs) Um, what, What ships have you made so far? So, so far I've done about 75% of the Enterprise D, which was, it took years to do. Um, (laughs) I, uh, and currently right now I'm just doing a ship that's kind of my own design. It's based on the um, original uh, Connie Enterprise, the Constitution class Enterprise, Um, but it's kind of uh, made to look uh very similar with the same aesthetics as um if you ever seen uh, insurrection the the enterprise um uh, e that uh, they have in that movie so yeah okay. it's 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 pretty cool it's very sleek it's very modern looking but it still keeps a lot of the old 60s aesthetics so yeah it's pretty neat that's awesome wow what was nerdy with you david
2: uh i've been trying to get my uh, i've been doing uh the preparation classes and helping out with the uh, site build for the Renaissance Fair culminating uh this coming weekend we're doing our final hits and dress rehearsal and then uh, next weekend April 6th is opening weekend for the Southern California Renaissance Pleasure Fair and uh yeah it's I've been working hard with that tomorrow I got to go full costume for final approvals and get final classes and stuff done it's it's a lot of work but it's so worth it that's what, really
1: cool. What kind of stuff do you do in a Renaissance Fair? Uh,
2: well, uh, uh, our, we, we have the original Renaissance Pleasure Fair uh, it, here in Southern California. It's been going for 57 years now. Uh, we've got all kinds of uh, stage shows and uh, street performances. We have uh, nights that show up. We have a, a live joust and hundreds of merchants, a full
1: red no food way. core. That's amazing.
2: Oh, it's awesome. I've been I've been going for 15 years. This is my fourth year as a participant. It's amazing. I love it. You're based. It's like
0: um, Elizabeth in England under like Elizabeth the First, right? Ah,
2: uh, yes, yes. Uh, we're we're based on an actual place, uh, uh, Port Deptford, which is an actual place in England. <laughs> and we actually and we have uh, actual named characters walking around. We've got a William Shakespeare that's gonna be walking around. We've got uh several prominent people from the city. The Queen herself shows up. It's, wow, it's basically it's, cool. it's a
0: massive party as the queen comes to town oh and, the actress they have playing the queen is always fantastic oh she's great <laughs> and they have a big queen's parade mm-hmm, every day and
2: i work at the front gate so i get to see everybody as they come in and meet and greet with parties with uh the guests
1: and it's a lot of fun that's really cool what kind of character do you play are you a blacksmith or are you a knight or? Uh,
2: nay not i'm a uh I, i'm a uh but a commoner uh my character <laughs> is that of an apprentice brewer but I don't get to play in character much. I'm I'm mostly working when I'm out and about. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. It, I I enjoy it greatly. Like I so said, I've got full costume and everything. I've got I've had to get everything nailed down. Make sure my utility belt has all my pouches and gear and stuff on it. And I've been yeah, I gotta start getting used to wearing it all again because <laughs> it's a lot of layers and it gets really hot out there sometimes
1: no doubt that's really cool i've always been really interested in that kind of stuff that's the other thing that i do with my 3d program is i i make the uh starships but i also make model castles as well so i know oh, quite awesome. a bit about making castles and shit like that too very interesting history it's it's very uh neat um how many misconceptions there are uh, oh yeah about that period. Yeah. And, uh, just all of the different ways that they had to go about doing things without having modern technology, like having coil springs or, mm-hmm. or, uh, a, a lot of different things like that. So yeah, oh, yeah. very, for, very cool. For most people in that age,
2: the most uh, common, the most uh, expansive machines you saw were hammers. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's part of the reason we have to do all the, all the classes and everything. We have to to learn how to stay in our characters and how to, uh, how to, uh uh, things that people that lived in that era would know. And so we're able to, you know, it's it's a giant immersive stage. The entire fair is a stage as far as we're concerned. When the guests arrive, we're on. And as long as we're not in a backstage area, we have to be in character and keep the show going for the guests because it's all about their immer- their immersion and their enjoyment. Of course. Yeah, I've heard about that in the past. That's really neat. Mm-hmm, I love doing it. And like I said, it's, well, this is, Coming up on the final weekend of prep, and then the opening weekends next week. So it's gonna be. That's why I haven't been on Saturday on our Saturday recordings.
0: You only get me once. You only get me once a month instead of twice. Yeah, we basically (laughs) lose him for like three months
1: during the whole Renaissance Fair thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so I miss Anthony, but I'm lucky enough to have you.
0: That's cool. Yes, huzzah. (laughs) What about me? Oh yeah, Brian. What about you? What what, what, what's what's been nerdy with you the last couple of weeks? Oh, excellent segue. Um, so last Thursday was – so little background. I work at a Jewish elementary school, and last Thursday was a holiday called Purim where they encourage everyone to dress up in costumes. So I wore my Byron Von Time Twist full uh, uh, steampunk regalia. Nice. I I have a purple <laughs> coat with tails and a cane with a working steam engine as the handle.
1: No way! That is so cool.
2: Yeah, if uh, any of our listeners might remember one of the live episodes he did from a steampunk convention, it's that
0: character, correct? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Um, I have a whole bunch of little doohickeys. I have um, a like a badge of honor with gears and um, like cogs on it. I have a a um, hourglass um, pendant that's um, wrapped in brass. Um, I have. I also have earned a few things going to conventions. Like I have a um, smuggler's pin from the Atlantean society that I got at a steampunk convention and it's just a safety pin with loop. It's a safety pin with loops in it. It's made out of brass. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty wild thing. The the cane is the best part. I, um, at my old work, I actually took it to the machinist department and we hooked it up to an air compressor because we didn't have a boiler and ran it and the engine runs that's
1: amazing no way that is so cool <laughs> it it actually
0: my old one broke at the last con i went to so i just got a brand new one so i have a whole i have the same exact cane and i just picked it up so there's going to be knocking sounds on the microphone but you uh-huh. know i don't have to edit them out because i mentioned them now they're part of the show <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way of doing it um i just wanted to tell you aaron Anthony is incredibly disappointed that he can't make it. He's been chatting with me, and he's basically cursing up a storm at his computer because he can't get Skype to work on his phone.
1: Don't worry about it, Anthony. Not a big deal, buddy.
2: I I told you we need to put the the software package for the
0: interdimensional portal on someone else's computer. You know, we really do. We've had this (laughs) thing, and we'll talk about it um, during topic, but um, we have to do some voting first. So Aaron, you have four widgets. Who would you like to give them to, and why?
1: Oh, I mean, I I really love the steampunk outfit and all of the little doohickeys they have. That's super cool. But I I have to give it uh, I have to give it to the uh, Renaissance Fair. That sound that that is the Yay. gotta be nerdier a little so, bit. Nerdier.
0: <laughs> so Aaron gives all four of his widgets to David. Sweet. I am going to give three to Aaron because. I just can't imagine going deck by deck through ships. And David, I have voted for you before because of Renaissance first stuff. Have I not? I believe so. So I'm going to give one to myself. Okay, cool. I think I'm not that much of a terrible person for doing that. Yes, you are. But uh... (laughs)
2: David, Uh, I'm I'm going to give three to Aaron because that is really, really nerdy and awesome and i've loved building models and stuff ever since i was a little kid and doing that electronically is amazing you that's so cool and then uh, oh, i'm going to give goodness. myself the myself the last one because i also am a terrible person <laughs>
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not sure if that is a compliment or if it's just a sad fact of how boring my life can be sometimes. I
2: know. Here it is the highest of compliments. Here it is the highest of honors.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I have to tell you, man, I've done stuff like that before, and I usually give up after opening the
1: program. <laughs> oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, um, what was the software uh, you said you use? Uh It is called Google SketchUp. Google SketchUp yeah oh, wow. it's a free program. You can download it right off the internet yeah. so and is you, it Is it
0: like scaled down drafting software?
1: Yeah, it's basically like a um sort of a simple version of CAD. I'd actually say it's probably a little bit more user friendly. not as you can't do as many things as the more advanced versions of of the of similar software. but I mean, for free, uh, it's kind of amazing
2: nice. Uh, I mean, not to be too
1: esoteric, but are you adding like all the Jeffreys tubes and everything? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, when I say a deck-by-deck build, I'm talking a deck-by-deck build. There's uh, every single thing from the computer consoles to the chairs to uh, even little details on the doors. Uh, Like, we've got every single thing going on. Um, One of the things that is uh, really interesting to me is how expansive the Star Trek universe is and how much detail they've actually, a lot of people have put into a lot of the uh, official drawings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So actually, going through and knowing how the propulsion system works, and drawing up exactly how the wiring would go, and how all of the uh, d- the different uh, pipes and everything how they would uh, fit into the ship, it's oh, yeah. it's a really interesting uh, um, thought experiment, basically. Yeah. Oh,
2: one of my favorite nid- uh, tidbits of Star Trek trivia, uh, written on a lot of the tubes on the walls, is the designation GNDN. Do you know what it stands for? I don't. Oh, it goes nowhere, does nothing.
0: Ah! <laughs> Where did you uh, cite your source, David? I got to know. Oh, I uh,
2: it's something I've read on the Internet several times that people, <laughs> other
0: people have corroborated. It's OK. We don't fact check on this. I broadcast. was going to say, I don't have
2: I don't have an official source. It's just something I've heard several times from multiple places.
0: So <laughs> um,
1: since we're already talking about our topic, Aaron, um, what makes a good starship? So, okay. In my estimation, I think that what you need to have to make the best type of starship um, is basically a factor of a few different things. When you're talking about a starship, you are going to have a limited capacity of energy. Uh, That's just the fact of how your uh, energy is produced in in the situation of a Star Trek ship. Your um, matter-antimatter-generating core your, uh, warp core can only produce a certain amount of energy. So you're going to have to choose what you want. Do you want to put those, uh, do you want to put that energy towards weapons? Do you want to put it towards defense? Do you want to put it towards science? Uh, and so forth. So as far as I'm concerned, my ideal type of ship is something that is able to, uh, defend itself, but the primary objective of Star Trek is for uh, exploration is for seeking out new life new civilizations and so forth so my uh, primary thing that I, I think that the ship should be attuned for is that scientific aspect of it is exploring aspect of it though you're still going you're still going to need a certain amount of defense and uh, offense as well
0: oh I like your point and I like how how Star Trek oriented it is because, I mean, in that world, that's the kind of ship you want. You want the ship like the Enterprise. You want the ship that's going out to reach out to other civilizations. You want the one that's going out to, like, oh, this there's this gravity well that the Federation has never discovered before. We need to check it out. And You have to have the tools you need to do that.
2: Well, yeah, that's exactly what the, that's what the Enterprise was designed to do. It was the flagship. It was the ship that goes out. You show everybody else, ooh, let's well, check this out. They had other ships too. The like a uh, Voyager was a pretty much a primarily science vessel. It wasn't rate. It wasn't a combat ship, but it got thrust into combat all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And- And actually, I I would almost, I would go so far as to say that the original Enterprise, the one that Kirk uh, uh, was in command of, mm -hmm. that ship is almost the closest thing uh, that Star Trek has to, and a lot of people will think that this is controversial, but to uh, Star Trek having a battle cruiser. Yeah. Because even though it was meant for uh, going out and exploring and everything like that, it was actually a very highly, uh, very heavily gunned and heavily armed vessel.
2: Mm Mm-hmm and the, the Enterprise D was yes very heavily armed but it also had uh it also had uh it was its weapons were not its primary focus its primary focus a lot of the times
3: was the uh
2: was the the scientific research they were doing and the humanitarian efforts
1: they were able to go to on behalf of people that needed it absolutely 100% and just the fact that the Enterprise D itself Um, being so large and being uh, somewhat of a generational ship, it carried on it. I think something like, uh, 700 or a thousand, uh, crew members, a lot of which were family Mm. and children and that sort of thing. So, um, even though, uh, in the future of star Trek from that point forward, it kind of was seen as being a bit naive, especially with the contact that they had with the Borg and, uh, the dominion war and stuff like that. It started to seem as though that it, it was kind of a bad idea to have so many families on the ship. And actually they did change that, uh, throughout deep space nine, they actually had, uh, enterprise D, um, style ships. Um, but they didn't have the families on them and actually they, uh, opened them up to a lot more. Uh, different things like training vessels and that's of course we're not talking strictly canon here we're talking kind of right uh, loose canon but that's kind of the way that people looked at it anyway yeah
0: well there were, they didn't build too many of the galaxy class ships anyway so yeah so i have um i have a question anthony what is your favorite starship from any genre anthony hey it says he's there What what's up buttercup are you there are you muted
2: no. <laughs> well, uh, you, got my ho- you got our hopes up for nothing, Brian. I know. I can see his face, though.
0: I can, too. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. We're still trying. <laughs> Anthony is trapped in another dimension trying to force his way through. Turn your camera off, Anthony. There you go. There. <laughs> hey, hey. Finally got the signal through the wormhole, huh? Anthony's going to have some signal problems because he's pushing in from another dimension.
3: Not my computer, it's all it's all broken. <laughs> oh,
0: we, I keep telling Brian, we need like I said, we need to move the, the
2: interdimensional portal software off your computer. Takes up a lot of takes
0: up a lot of computing room. OK, I'm on. Yay. Yay. So, Anthony, what's your favorite? Um, um, no, no. My my question is, is what makes a good
3: starship? What makes a good starship like in general, or in any genre? Starship?
0: It doesn't have to be Star Trek. It can be anything. What makes a good starship?
3: Well, I think it has to have a fuel source that is pretty readily available in you know in space. Um, I don't think it necessarily needs weapons, but I do think a good defensive system is is a good idea, some sort of way to like protect you from like outside forces or or bad guys if there are bad guys in this particular sci-fi. Not all sci-fi things, I think, have aliens trying to kill you. It has to have something
0: that can protect you from whatever's out there. Like, you know, at least like sensors that be like, there's danger uh, very far away. This is how you get away from it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the universe has a lot of really terrible things in it. Like giant clouds of like radioactive dust or dead stars that shoot giant radioactive laser beams that'll just destroy you. Like the universe is not safe. What makes a good starship in the Warhammer forty K universe? Lots of pointy uh, bits. <laughs> can it <laughs> pointy bits? Can it can it use warp drive? But that's not even, even exactly true because tier nids don't use the warp and neither do the tau. Um, is warp drive similar in that in that universe as it is in Star Trek? No. No. no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> in oh 40k goodness. the way the warp works is you basically enter into the immaterium. So basically here it is. There's effectively
1: plane-shifting.
3: Yeah, there's the physical... Oh, so you're
1: going into kind of like a subspace.
3: Yeah. So there's the Uh, physical world, and then there's the immaterium, which is known as the warp. It's basically like the weird, creepy spirit realm where all the demons live. And you can use that to basically teleport into the universe wherever you need to go. But it's one of those things of you go in, and you come out, and you might not come out at the right time or the right place or even the right point in history. So it's almost like wormhole jumping sort of. Yeah, it's like, a crap suit. it's like a crapshoot. It's like a crapshoot. You're like, let's go and see what happens. And like there are stories of like people who went into the warp and then came out like thirty years like past the time that they should have been there.
1: Okay, yeah, that's similar to the Star Trek 2009 when in, when uh, Nero travels through the uh, portal and then Spock comes in behind him and he comes in like 30 years later. Only yes. this is like adding another dimension to it. Um, it I, I have to relate everything to Star Trek that's sci-fi because it's the only thing I know really well. <laughs> but uh, in uh, uh, in Deep Space Nine, there's a similar thing where they have a um, basically a black hole. And when you go into the black hole, there's uh, sort of like a universe inside there where oh, uh, a group of um, uh, beings live. I, I can't remember what they're called, the protectors or something like that. Ah. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But, uh, and it, it sounds actually kind of similar to that. And then you can come out the other side into the Delta Quadrant, but who knows when or, or how you'd end up getting through there, unless it's a stable wormhole. So basically what you're talking about is an instable wormhole.
2: Kind of. One of the one of the other key features of the warp is you don't know what's gonna follow you out.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of not good entities in there. Like there's a bunch of demons who want to yeah. just
0: yeah. Just you, want- you you
2: really have to
3: wanna- pray
0: that your intrusion goes unnoticed. When you can understand forty k from a narrative perspective, if you think of it as a grim dark universe, so it's like. Star Trek is this like utopian high science fiction where Warhammer forty K is kind of grim dark with like something bad's gonna happen in every story. Yeah. Oh, okay,
1: fair enough.
3: Yeah. And and bad is and bad in the sense of like there are whole races that go around basically like capturing people because they're like, I want to decorate my ships with your skin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's totally a thing. Hmm, geez, that's hardcore. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they also have the orc ships that no one really knows how they work, no. because they're they just kind work. of junk thrown together.
3: You paint them they red, work. they go faster. They work because the orcs believe they work. Yeah. That's how it works.
2: Yes, and when you paint them red, they go faster.
0: Oh
3: my so god, my they're like Trump
2: was.
0: supporters! They believe- <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because uh, you're on a phone doesn't mean you can break the rules, Anthony. I break the rules all the time. I know. <laughs> so... Shut the fuck up, Anthony. <laughs> David. Yes. Um, how does um, Warp compared to Lightspeed in the Star Wars universe?
2: Oh, Lightspeed is uh, its own little ball of confusion. And they've only ever really talked about how, light, how fast and light travel works in the Extended Universe book series. And they only bring it up a handful of
0: times. That's why but, I asked you. I'm okay with you pulling from Expanded Universe. I mean, huh. we don't care about canon.
2: Well, then, uh, the way uh, the, the way la- faster than light travel works in Star Wars is uh, ships have a hyperdrive motivator, which cre- which causes their ship to accelerate to whatever their top speed is. The Millennium Falcon, for example, can make point five past light speed. It could go really, really fast Uh the, uh, the, the way it's measured as a. Uh, Let's take uh, the Kessel Run, for instance, which is one of the most famous in- instances of someone mentioning how fast the ship was by saying it did a certain run in a length of distance, or the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Uh, the whole idea being uh, each uh, gravity well in space has a mass shadow around it, and uh, the when you get close to each – these mass shadows, they will pull you out – of your hyperspace that you're in. So the idea being, the uh, you you have to give uh, birth to all these gravity masses. The faster your ship goes, the closer you can get to the gravity mass before your ship gets pulled out. Which is why they have these computers, which navigate, which calculate all this crap, and it takes a while sometimes. Um, but yeah, the faster your ship goes, the closer you can get to all of these uh, celestial bodies and things that have that have gravity wells. So. The fact that his course was short enough to only be 12 parsecs is a measure of how fast his ship was, because he could get a lot closer to things. Okay, uh, that's
0: the that, most interesting so description I've goes, ever heard of that. <laughs> I, I was about to say, that's the most beautiful, nerdy thing I've ever heard.
3: <laughs> Pretty good. So basically, his ship goes so fast that he makes the distance of a, a particular ship run actually physically shorter.
2: Yes, because he doesn't have to give as much of a berth around the gravity wells.
3: Like, like, it's like, it's like I ran three miles, but I ran those three miles in two miles. Yeah.
2: Well, it's it's more of a our thing is three miles away, but with
0: shortcuts, I can get there in two and a half. That's, That's actually right, makes sense. That's that <laughs> describes like how he completed the Kessel Run in parsecs because parsecs is unit of distance. Exactly. He completed it in less distance than it is. Mm
1: hmm. And it even sounds like the way that you're describing it, you can be pulled into that gravity well, which would increase your distance again, because you'd have to get yourself back out of it as well.
2: Yes, exactly. Which the, the Star Wars universe, the Empire has ships uh, specifically made with gravity well projectors on them, called interdictor cruisers, which create a giant mass shadow, which would pull ships around them out of
1: hyperspace because it's unexpected. I'm really I really to... wish that that wasn't in, in inside canon because that is a beautiful way to describe how uh, that works, and that should be that should be in main canon, man. That's it really should
2: cool. be, but it's one of the things they've never brought up in any of the movies at all. Wait,
3: They're called interdictors.
2: <laughs> yeah, interdictor cruisers are the ones with the, the four the- big, big domes on them. They, they create gravity wells. Eve Online has that.
3: They literally called interdictor ships.
2: Oh, well and then. They, then st- don't don't tell LucasArts or they might sue them. <laughs>
0: what makes <laughs> a good What makes a good starship in Star Wars, David?
2: Oh, uh, starships in Star Wars are all designed around fields of fire. Uh, how how big uh, maneuverability? How how uh, how well protected? Your vital your vital points are and how many weapons you have. That's the cool thing about the Star Destroyers that arrow shape. They've got really nasty broadsides because all their weapons are along those edges, where the mong Calamari ships are round and bulbous and they've got weapons all over.
1: So you'd actually almost think that those round bulbous ones would be uh, more more of a tactical advantage if you're to get anywhere but the broad side of one of the Star Destroyers. It almost seems like a Star Destroyer is very similar, uh, almost like. Uh, thinks along the same kind of lines as an actual like physical ship in the ocean where it can only go two dimensions rather than being a three dimensional thing.
2: Precisely. In fact, um, that's a very, very good point. They are as in the old nautical terms would be shifts of the line. Their whole thing is there's, you know, a bunch, There are a bunch of them and they all fire, they get in position and they broadside each other and whoever can withstand the most damage wins. Where the 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 ships of the rebellion, which were mostly funded by the Mon Calamarians, uh, who are under who are an aquatic race that live underwater, have a very almost like submarine look to them.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. So it actually kind of even reflects that these uh, Calamarians—that's that, what you said, right? Uh, the Mon Calamarians, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Ad- Admiral Akbar is a Mon Calamarian
1: okay he sounds delicious but also <laughs> it, it's very interesting because it reflects that they that their atmosphere where they live underwater they can think in three-dimensional terms mm-hmm. whereas when you're getting back out to the uh the uh, to outer space it almost seems like the empire is just still thinking in that very uh um uh, terrestrial very two-dimensional way
2: yes they are and and Ooh. And then uh, one of the other big differences in the two respective sides are their fighter designs. The Empire went with uh, fighters that that don't that are very low, very high uh, offensive rates. Their Tie Fighters are spectacular foes, but they are almost defenseless. They have very weak, they have no shielding, and they're very easy to destroy. Whereas the Rebellion ships, the X Wings, the Y Wings, and all that, they're much hardier ships. They might not be as aggressive for attacks but they can take a lot more of a pounding. They have shield generators. They're, they, they're easier to take care of where the TIE fighters are almost throw away.
3: Well, that makes sense in the sense of like, the kind of wars they're fighting. The rebels are yeah. fighting guerrilla tactic kind of wars, so they couldn't afford to lose a lot. While the Empire has like, all the back, and they're like, whatever, I'll just, throw, I'll just throw peasants at it until, until the thing is dead. P- pretty much, yeah. Like, they could <laughs> fight a war of friction and it wouldn't matter.
1: It's more financially viable for them to just throw peasants at the enemy <laughs> than it is to actually de- defend. It's, That's it's, interesting. It's,
2: it's the Russian method from World War II. You throw enough warm bodies at a problem will eventually go away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's something to be said about that. It does work. <laughs> it's not very effective, but it does get the job done in the end.
3: Um, I, I remember watching this thing. I think it was a TED Talk. It was talking about this specific topic of spaceships and, like, uh, the shapes of spaceships and one of the things the person was saying they thought it was really strange that in all sci-fi shows spaceships are built aerodynamically and they're like that doesn't make sense there's no reason to build a ship aerodynamically
1: right well it's not like <laughs> it's that like in star face- trek though if you look at the original enterprise that is unaerodynamic as fuck yes like you no
2: to- star trek definitely the ships are not made to, to enter atmosphere <laughs>
1: With, well and that well that's they're... the original Enterprise though. The Enterprise D, funny enough, the Enterprise D, there is actually blueprints online that you can make it into a uh, like basically a paper airplane. Because the uh, the size of the dome or of the uh, saucer section mm-hmm. actually works like a uh, wing. It'll actually gain lift in our atmosphere. That's
0: awesome. When you notice things like that when you look between different shows. Like on Firefly, you could see the difference like the Firefly ship was designed to either fly in atmosphere or out of atmosphere. So it had some aerodynamic elements yeah. where if you looked at the, um, Oh gosh, my brain's not working. The or what was the, the union? What was the analog for the union on Firefly? Oh, the, the Alliance, uh, the, the Alliance. Alliance, the Alliance ships looked like cities. Oh yeah.
2: That big capital ship. It's literally like four spires and a round globe.
0: Yeah. yeah. They were just meant to
3: stay in space all the time. They probably mm-hmm. built them in space. Yeah, well, and- yeah, like um, the Borg is a good example. Their ships are giant cubes. And spheres. There's yeah, no other yeah. about that, but that doesn't matter. Their whole purpose is to just kind of float around in space and just basically shoot a bunch of shit. So they were like, what's the most efficient way to do that? Just make some sort of six-sided shape and put guns on all the sides. That's all we need. <laughs> it's effective. I play- and you don't worry about air because you're in space.
0: I play a role-playing game called Starfinder, and they have a starship combat system in that game, and one of the things they made a decision on the game is they made it entirely two-dimensional, and it bothers me. It bothers me so much that you have to use this hex grid to move your starships around, and you don't have any freedom to go up or down or diagonal or whatever. I get why they did it, because if you're playing a paper game on a table, it's very hard to do three-dimensional combat. Yeah, it's very hard to do three dimensional combat even when you're using like
2: three dimensional objects. A lot of the minis games I play, there's uh, at the convention sometimes these guys will show up with uh, jet fighters and they'll take large swaths of area and they'll have peg stands with different altitude markings on it. You move your ship, you move your planes, whatever altitude you're on, doing whatever maneuvers. And it's extremely complicated and takes up a lot of space, but it's really cool to look at.
3: Well, yeah, like um, in 40K, people bring like laser pointers because you basically it's like, how do you determine if something has line of sight? You look through the eyes of the thing and you get like a laser pointer and like, does it have line of sight? Yeah, so, yeah
0: oh, Laser pointers really help with that kind of thing. I, I mean, because I've seen people using Pythagorean theorems to try to figure out three dimensional space and oh, it, yeah. it drags games down. But laser pointer, especially if you have a laser pointer with a, um, a with like a measurement tool built into it. Yeah. um, The ones he's
2: talking about, though, are like if you've got models on a field and you go, hey, he's behind cover. No, he's not. And you put the laser pointer right on top of the model's head and you sweep it over what he's looking at. And you can tell whether or not he's getting affected by the cover or whatever. It's it's Anthony was talking about using it to determine like line of sight to things. Oh, okay. Well, in in, in a three dimensional space, you're talking about uh, actually like taking a two-dimensional space and adding a third-dimensional
0: element to it. Yeah, like being able to go up and around and Yeah. Um so another topic I got here, um in sci-fi genres there's many different kinds of starships. They have there's generation ships, fighters, interceptors, command ships, freighters, science vessels, etc. Um let's start with Aaron, what's your favorite category of starship? What's your favorite kind?
1: Okay, well, um, so uh, again, going by the Star Trek method, I would say a science ship, but a science ship is kind of nebulous when you're talking about Star Trek, because they're all kind of science ships uh, that have different capacities on all sorts of different levels. So um, if I'm going to choose uh, some kind of ship, I'd probably say a command uh, ship like the Enterprise E, just because I think that it's very sleek. Um, And I also like the idea of uh having that uh the 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 one sovereign vessel that uh, is going in and kind of uh taking control and and finding out the best solution to kind of uh fix a problem and stuff like that. I think that it's kind of cool. And being able to teach all or tell all the other ships how basically they're supposed to uh do their um battles and
3: or whatever it is.
0: I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. so bad. Um
0: Anthony, favorite type of ship
3: um, So I want to go to a different game and a different thing entirely because 40K probably doesn't have, like, the best, like, favorite types of ships. Like, their ships are just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I guess my favorite type of ship, I'm going to go to EVE Online, would probably be, oof, cruisers? Cruisers are fun. Um, played a lot of EVE Online, and cruisers are always fun, in, and they were a good, like, middle gr- ground in that you had the firepower to take out frigates, which are really fast. But you were pretty susceptible to battleships because you didn't go fast enough that you could just dodge battleship weapons like a frigate could. But you could take out the frigates, and you were a bit tougher. And enough battle and enough uh, enough cruisers could take out a battleship. Though probably my favorite Eve Online ship is a battleship. So Uh, Eve Online
0: is a great example because I mean you actually can have some life experience in those ships.
3: Oh yeah, yeah yeah no and they're. The game is very realistic in the sense that it's like you have to – they literally have a whole thing of a gun, gun turrets, weapon turrets in that game in general have uh, have like a trajectory and ammunition velocity. And if a ship is going too fast orbital around your ship, so if they have to have an orbital velocity and your turret can't track quick enough, you'll miss your shots. That's how the little ships are able to take on the big ships because if they get – enough their orbital velocity will be so fast the big ship can't track them and that's how a little tiny ship a bunch of little tiny ships could take down like a giant battleship because they just can't shoot it
0: yeah it's the same principle in star wars can you say orbital velocity five times fast no no, no problem <laughs> 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 no and i'm not going to try
2: david what about you oh I, as you can tell i i'm i am the star wars nerd and I've always loved Star Wars. There was a game that came out a few years ago. Yeah, right. There's a game that came out a few years ago uh, that was a real-time strategy game based in the Star Wars universe. I think it was called. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there uh, was. And one of the coolest things about it was it let you do space battles from whatever side you wanted to be. And I mean, yeah, it was two-dimensional, but it was still a lot of fun. You could act- you could actually like do tactical fighting with starships on mass and i i have always been a fan of the the empire their their stuff just looks cooler i know they're the bad guys and all but their stuff just looks cooler <laughs> so i would have to say that
0: uh, one of my favorite starships of all time would have to be just an imperial star destroyer oh that's a good one um for me i'm going to go way different from everybody and i'm going to say a leisure vessel um oh for example the flust in paradise from fifth element <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. All right. Um,
0: Another example of these leisure vessels would be the Titanic from Doctor Who. Um, Both of of them
2: have problems,
0: but I mean, I love the idea of a big cruise ship in space. I think that's just fantastic. I mean, going on a cruise is miserable, but doing it in space, right? I wonder uh, if cruises in the future
1: when you're taking a cruise in space is just as miserable. Probably.
2: (laughs) Space
1: shuffleboard, eating space lobster, getting space sick.
3: Yeah, Yeah, but you get to do
0: you get to do shore leave by teleport. You, You know, and and the ship is cloaked, so you can like do shore leave on a planet that isn't high tech that doesn't have interstellar travel so you could like shore leave to a to an uncivilized planet and check it out as tourists Just i do
3: natives, love their yeah i do love
1: make the them think leave. that you're a god or something i don't know that, <laughs> that that i don't
0: know that that flirts with the prime directive
1: <laughs> yeah that's what i was well, thinking not, too yeah
0: but a leisure vessel wouldn't be part of the federation even if they're in the star trek universe
1: You got a point i got a can point.
0: totally imagine the ferengi running a leisure vessel oh god think of how fun that would be you'd have to pay to use vessel. the toilet in your own room. <laughs> but they I, would I, have I, hollow
1: sweets, and that would be awesome.
0: In this fantasy, I, love the I stumbled across an unlimited supply of latinum.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. And the Frankie haven't murdered you for it? <laughs> I I love the Ferengi like, religion, even, because uh, I just finished DS9 with my girlfriend, and I just loved how I was like, you pay to pray. I'm like, that's oh, my God.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, can can you recite all the rules of acquisition? I was just going to uh, ask
1: that. Oh, that's so funny.
2: They don't even say all the rules of acquisition, though. They they keep making them up, and there's always more of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I can just imagine myself stalking through the decks of a leisure vessel like a royal dandy with Klingon bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'd
0: be one hell of a party. <laughs> or right you know slaves just following you down the, the road. The whole time. It would be amazing. I mean, hell, let's mix genres and I'll have that green slave girl from Jabba's Palace. Oh, there you go. Ula. <laughs> yeah, she actually has a name. Only you would know that, David. Only <laughs> you. <laughs> we really uh, kind of mixed the best experts of the different sci-fi genres today, and we did it completely unwittingly.
1: Right. Just totally I mean, I know random.
2: A, I mean, I know a lot about Star Trek, too, but Star Wars is always where my heart my heart will be.
0: So I'm going to go in reverse order this time and let's talk about the ships they want to live on. I'm going to start because I I don't care about like moderation and um, a specific starship in a sci-fi world I would like to live on would be the
3: TARDIS. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that that's kind of an easy answer. <laughs> it's sort of like wishing for that's a million wishes. That's a time machine more than a spaceship. Well,
0: you 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 don't think about the downsides of living on the TARDIS. Well, the TARDIS is as much a spaceship as it was, a ta- as it was a time machine, as it yeah, and I'm not was really sure is, there is and difference. is going to be. <laughs> uh, it's a living thing. So <laughs> for one, you're living on a ship with consciousness. So it's just as bad as living on Boya from Farscape. <laughs> Two, you have to put up with the doctor because it's not I'm not saying a TARDIS. I'm saying the TARDIS. Can you I mean, the, every person who's ever flown with him, nothing ever works out for them ever. They never get a good life in the long run. I mean, they might get one with catches like you get the companion who loses her memory and has to, like, live a life with a vague idea that she had a better life at some point. That's Donna. But that's like living in hell.
3: What about the pawns? They technically lived a
0: good life. I mean, they they got trapped in the past and had to put up with diseases
3: that they that they didn't have vaccines for. But they said at the end of the book that they had that they that they like had a good, happy life, though.
0: No, they wrote in the book that they did. They may have just been doing that. So the doctor wouldn't be sad. Mm.
3: <laughs> 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 so to be fair, the what's his name? The, the guy. Um, uh, I can't remember his name right now. R- uh, Amy, Rory. Amy, Rory. Yeah. Rory Pond. He did have to wait around for like 2000 years for her. Yeah. I, yeah, they. He, he was the, the the lost life. centurion. They got to lose their child, then they found her. Again. Oh my god! Yeah, they got to see their child as an adult. Yeah. That's just you're, weird. You're either
0: going to end up dead or turned into some kind of other being. You're you're going to get turned into a cyberman, or you're gonna, or you're gonna get turned into a Dalek, or something bad's going to happen to you if you're his companion. But I still say that ship would be really cool to live on for as short of a time as you're going to get to with the doctor around, just ready to ruin your life. Um, okay. now reverse order. So David, what ship would you like to live on?
2: Oh, geez. Um, well, I mean, as far as like actually just living on a ship, the Falcon is one of the best examples of a ship you could live on quite easily. It's big. It's got enough space. It's, it's fast. It's well armed. Um, you don't really have to worry about people mess- messing with you and it's small enough to where you can run it with just you and your good buddy.
0: It's got pretty nice living quarters, too. I think the that that's like the best, yeah, the Falcons up there there are there have been a
2: bunch of other ships and other things that are that would be fun to visit with. but as far as actually living on one, I'd have to say
3: the Falcon uh anthony uh definitely nothing from forty k <laughs> <laughs> heresy no, none of those like to live on any of those ships is like. Would you like to die this way or that way or that way? How how torturous do you want your death to be before you die? Like, welcome, you know
2: the, welcome to living in forty in the 40K universe.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm going to go with, again, the other thing that I know sci-fi-wise, EVE Online, um, I probably want to live in one of the ships I really like, that I really like to be in. And here's the thing. The way it works in EVE is like, the 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 lore of the game is you plug into the ship you're you're what's known as a capsular you plug into the ship you kind of go unconscious in a way and you become the ship kinky like like your consciousness is the ship you feel what the ship feels so it's literally you soaring through the stars Like the this book I got, this guy is explaining it how he was like he could feel the rumble of the engines as if it was his stomach, could feel his stomach rumbling as the engines go and like I was like oh that sounds so cool like you
1: become the ship. That does sound cool. It'd be really interesting to know what it feels like to have a shuttle dock inside of you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What you say you could feel all the people like crawling in them. Oh, that's hilarious
1: aaron i'm gonna give you a caveat it can't be the enterprise Uh, okay well dang because there's like a whole bunch (laughs) of enterprises here okay not the enterprise for real okay uh not any enterprise or just not not any enterprise it'd be too easy for a star trek fan okay well then that 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 makes things very interesting so um Obviously, there are the ones in Star Trek that you'd think of immediately, which are all Enterprises. The original Enterprise would be so amazing to live on. I mean, like you you get all that classic 60s uh, aesthetic, and it's just really cool, and you have all the buttons and the neat sound effects, and I really love that kind of stuff. Obviously, the Enterprise D, again— beautiful you talk about uh, wanting to be on a luxury ship that is a luxury ship i mean it's basically uh, a uh, cruise ship in space but if you're telling me that i can't go with one of the enterprises then the obvious solution would be the voyager um ship from voyager uh, obviously because um and actually it is the best choice because unlike the enterprise d or the enterprise a B.C. or any of them, Voyager is very special because since it was sent out into the Delta Quadrant, it only had a limited amount of resources. But because the uh, show is the way that it is and you eventually need to have more than just that limited amount of resources to have a functioning television show you ended up with an unlimited amount of energy, an unlimited amount of shuttles, and an unlimited amount of crew because the shuttles kept blowing up, the crew kept dying, and they kept using up all of their energy uh, uh, inside of the holodecks and stuff like that. So basically, uh, if I was to live on Voyager, I would be living on a ship that has God mode, and I think that that would probably be the best. Yeah, I think th- that's fantastic. I Didn't the holodeck on Voyager, didn't they have
0: like a a story caveat that it pulled from a different power grid than the core. So they didn't have to worry about it affecting the power of the trip at all.
1: Something. I mean, Oh my was, goodness. There's probably there, a throwaway line. Yeah.
2: There was a point where they ran a simul an entire simulation of an, of a, an entire village for like a month, just because it was their place to go and unwind.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and it, also it, they had the the that bar.
0: And all- kind of Anthony, you're talking over people. Sorry. What did you say?
3: What did you say, Anthony? I
2: said so. Hello. He muted suddenly.
3: Yeah. Oh, no, the baby Sorry, was baby, probably the crying. baby was being very upset. Yeah, yeah that's the baby fine. Was being upset. So what you're saying is Voyager is the best because plot holes made it the best. Yes. Hey,
1: everything that you see on screen in Star Trek is canon. So that means that it is a god mode ship, and that's canon. They that also so had.
3: Have... That the people are canon, and oh god, that episode was terrible.
0: They also <laughs> had the Delta Flyer, didn't they? Which is like a Mary Sue shuttle. Yeah, they
2: developed the Delta Flyer.
1: <laughs> Mary Sue shuttle. It was. It was uh, a shuttle that was plus because well, it could go warp ten. Yeah. Well, yeah, and not only that, the the Delta Flyer actually, when you take the actual Delta Flyer and you hold it up to where the shuttle bay is, it doesn't even fit in the door.
0: <laughs> well the funny thing about Warp Ten is if you look at other descriptions of Warp from Star Trek, Warp ten would be all speeds at once, which means they could go home instantaneously in a
1: thing. Yes. Well, well yeah, but then you wouldn't but have you a become show anymore. Salamander. Oh, would
0: you
2: shut up about the salamander people? I get <laughs> it. You don't like them.
1: <laughs> oh
2: man.
0: So yeah, I, I I love your I love how you shared all the wonderful things about the Enterprise. Anyway, that was perfect. You are a a true
1: professional, Aaron. Oh, thank you. No, I I had to tell you, telling me that I couldn't choose an Enterprise was heartbreaking because the Enterprise D, my goodness, sometimes sometimes I just sit there and imagine myself sitting on the bridge of that ship. And that's not even I'm not even kidding about that. Like, that's something that would be so cool. You guys are uh, lucky because you live in America. You can probably actually go see all that kind of stuff in uh, uh, museums and stuff. Um, I, I, li- I live in like no man's land in the middle of some place called Canada, and uh, we don't even have anything like that up here. Canada? Where's that? I don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, okay. Well, Do you well, guys be- have mooses? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Bears and mooses. Well, what I- part of Canada are you in? I'm in Western Canada. Oh, like um, Vancouver? No, like right in the prairies. So, like uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Oh, okay, I know people in Manitoba. Yeah, my, full, my uh, a lot of my family is actually from Manitoba originally. Oh, neat. Cool. Um I I didn't even know they'd heard of Star Trek up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're closer to space because we're up so high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really funny. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> oh, That's a good one. I have to say one thing that I am very thankful for from Canada is Canadian sci-fi. Canadian sci-fi and fantasy is some of my favorite sci-fi. Name five. Like Aurora Man. Like what are you talking about? Um, Canadian sci-fi. Um, let's let's go sci-fi and fantasy because it's hard to just name sci-fi. But um, Stargate. um, Is
1: that is that Canadian really? It was filmed in Canada. Oh man, that's wicked.
0: Yeah, it's uh. funny how every alien planet they go to ends up looking like Canada. I don't think, um, I don't think, um, Farscape was Canadian. I think that was Australian. Um, it might've been Canadian. I, but don't think I can look that up, but I don't think it was. Um, Lost Girl was Canadian for sure. All right, that's three.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: Orphan Black.
1: Um, I'm going to cheat. What are you saying? Well, while you're cheating, I'll say uh, shout-out to Aurora Man, because that's literally the only thing I can think of. And that's uh, 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 a um, comic book about a superhero that's based in, uh, I think, like, Saskatoon. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, okay. and you've never heard of Saskatoon, what? so that tells you— I have uh, heard of Saskatoon. You know. Oh, my goodness. I um I
0: listened to an audiobook of one of the— um. The Bones books and it was based in Saskatoon. They went there.
1: Oh my god. Bones
0: goodness, that the TV show was based on? Yeah. That um, was
1: about a doctor or something, right?
0: Oh uh, okay, so Sci Fi from Canada. Um Andromeda. Huh. Okay. Um, the current one would be um um Travelers that's on Netflix right now. Um Killjoys that's on the Sci Fi channel, um, Stargate SG one, um, Primeval, Prime Evil, New World, Winona Earp. Sanctuary with um, with Amanda Tapping. I haven't heard of that. And Eureka. Oh. Oh, and okay. Lex. Lex. Lex was Canadian.
2: Interesting. All
0: big huh. space yeah. opera sci-fi stuff. Andromeda. Um, there's a bunch listed here that I'm not reading because I don't know if they're really sci-fi. It's just Google telling me Google thinks they were Canadian, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if they were. I know First Wave was. Have you ever heard of First Wave? I haven't
1: heard of any of the ones that you listed off. <laughs> Stargate oh, I think was funny. the only thing I was I've gonna ever going to say heard you've of. never heard of Stargate? <laughs> well, I've heard of Stargate, but outside of that, I, I I don't think I've ever heard of those other ones.
0: To be Travelers fair, Travelers is on Netflix right now and it's really good. Killjoys is on the Sci-Fi Channel. Dark Matter is also on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, but Orphan Black is definitely Canadian. Yeah. Um Continuum was a big time travel Canadian show um between 2012 and 2015. Um, pretty much anything on the Sci-Fi Channel is Canadian. <laughs> Makes sense. But I, I I love it when I hear about a new Sci-Fi show coming out on Netflix or the Sci-Fi Channel, and it's like Canada Sci-Fi is awesome. It's always awesome.
1: That's really cool. I'll make sure to tell those guys that you like it.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure all of you know each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, not it's like a it, small Canada's community. big or anything, right? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a small community. We're pretty tight knit. So. This is the part of our show where we play a little game called That One Movie, um, where we each share a movie described incredibly badly, and um, then we all try to guess what the movie is. So, yeah. Aaron, I explained this game to you before we started. Have
1: you thought of any? Yes. Ooh, all right, go for it. Okay. Have you guys ever seen that movie where that kid um, meets up with that old guy, and they like uh, do a bunch of stuff? And, uh, they go a bunch of places and then like, he like kind of like dates his mom and then, uh, they do a bunch back of other stuff. Oh, damn. I'm bad at this. What did he say? <laughs> no, he said back to the future. He got me.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've always, uh, there was that one movie where the guy, uh, was, uh, the guy joined a group and then tried to get out of the group. And then tried to rejoin again once his hometown got destroyed?
0: Um, I don't know. Anybody know? No. I don't know that one. Uh, okay, that was Starship Troopers. Oh, my God. You've
1: you, you <laughs> been using this every fucking week. I, and no one's caught on yet. <laughs> that was so
0: vague. <laughs> well, what was the one you used last week? It was the Exterminators in Space?
2: No, oh, that was the first one I used that, 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 that no one got. I don't remember what I used last
0: time. <laughs> oh, my God. You'd think we'd catch on in three weeks. Of right? This. You do Starship Troopers every week? That's I- hilarious. In different ways and no one's caught on yet. This has been a new thing. Well, I didn't catch that. He's been doing it every single time till just now.
3: <laughs> That's amazing. Go, David. You just keep getting us over and over. And watch. Next week we're yeah. like next time we're gonna be like, It's it's Starship Troopers. And he's gonna be like, no. Nope.
2: <laughs> yeah, the first one I did was uh the Exterminators that go spelunking.
3: Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um that
0: one movie where Neil Patrick Harris was a psychic Nazi. Um, um Harold and Kumar all go to White Castle. Um, no, it's Starship Troopers. I, I know, I was <laughs> uh, that one movie with um unisex bathrooms and um unisex shower rooms and um and green violins. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, that's definitely Starship <laughs> Troopers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's Starship Troopers. <laughs> you to Would you like Titanic? I th- actually no. I think that's Titanic. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: there was a lot of Guinness being drank on that ship. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, hmm. that one movie where, um, a um a lone, that one movie where a lone hermit is just trying to enjoy a swim. And they get it ruined by being hit by a ship. Hermit trying to finish. It's hmm. Titanic from the point of view of the iceberg.
1: Oh, oh my god! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I just killed
2: David. <laughs> That's good. the <That's> <laughs> point of view of the iceberg. You son of a bitch!
3: How about this one? A a lowly farmer boy loses his only known parents, and then his old crotchety hermit takes him. And joins him into this crazy religious cult and enlists him into this weirdo religious war that he had nothing to do with and had didn't want to even be a part of it at all. that's yeah, obviously man Star of Wars. God ah, damn it. Yeah, it's Star Wars.
2: <laughs> man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. That works for that too. <laughs> oh, bad. Uh uh oh uh, that, that that one movie where the guy gets bit by the where the guy gets bit by something and turns into this amazing thing uh no that's way, that's way too vague no i mean yes but no <laughs> I was
1: going What about more... that one movie where there's that scientist and he like builds a machine and then like does a bunch of stuff and then like has some things happen to him and he like changes it and stuff and then and the movie's over the fly Oh, damn it. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> got that like right away.
0: Well, Jeff Goldblum is one of my favorite actors. So. Yeah, I, I, I got it too, but my mic was muted. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we had a guy on last week that was getting the vaguest ones. We would give him no information and he'd get the movie every single time. Um, ben? Yeah, Ben was amazing oh Every man i'm one so i'm so
2: sad i couldn't have been on that episode uh, i even it. asked
0: him i'm like how are you doing that and he's like i'm really good at puzzles <laughs> how
1: about this okay one? i got one okay you go, you go oh go ahead go ahead aaron okay uh, uh a movie about two guys that laugh a lot
0: oh that's a good one
1: two guys i know i laugh. should be able to get
0: that um Ching-chong up in smoke
1: no nope. okay um jay and silent Bob. Strike oh, back? Oh, no. Nope, but you're getting closer Oh, uh, Clerks Oh, no, way off though Okay. Alright, I well, gotta cl- know what it cl- is closer st- You know what, am I allowed to give hints? Sure. Yeah, sure Okay, well you're closer with Clerks, but not the uh, original Clerks And oh. not the Clerks 2 The animated series? <laughs> Maybe uh, Dogma? No, no, not Dogma, you're right, the animated series, yeah But it's not that, oh. but it's like that not What that. is it, Eric? Like Beavis and Butthead Oh, no oh. Oh, I love your vague hint. That was good. That was good. (laughs) It's technically a cartoon. Yep. Um,
0: I'm going to wrap up this game and um, say it's time for promos. So, Aaron, what do you do and what do you want to tell us about?
1: Okay, so um, my YouTube channel is... Pretty controversial. Uh, if you want to come talk about politics and uh, a bunch of crazy stuff that has to do with that, come and check me out. Uh, obviously, my channel, as I said at the beginning, is Deadhead Animation. I have the show that's called Reeducation, and uh, it's a whole lot of fun. We talk about um, basically a lot of different things how you can uh, kind of start um, basically the revolution different ways that you can uh, go about protesting and ideas on uh, how to create a, basically a perfect society it's kind of cool it sounds neat ah, it is very neat and i'm trying to be vague because you guys said not to talk about politics <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yes i'm sorry i'm muted trying to talk here um this this is the that. time when you can totally cut loose tell us all about it
1: Okay. Okay. Sure. So, uh, basically the entire p- uh, point of the show is talking about, uh, anarcho communism, anarcho being the abolishment of all unnecessary hierarchies and communism being the worker control and ownership of the means of production. And basically the whole idea of the show is to get, um, everybody that's in the audience, uh, a good understanding of how that sort of system would function, uh, telling everybody how capitalism is basically destroying the world and how it's, uh, breeding, uh, fascism to basically become a, a thing just like it was back in the nineteen thirties and talking about ways that we can solve that problem uh nonviolently and hopefully move towards a solution to all of that sort of thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm open
0: to all points of view. So I'm really I'm, I, I I checked out the show and I thought it was really interesting. And I have to say the first thing I noticed is you have a beautiful voice, Aaron. Oh why thank you.
1: It, I, I liked his hair. That was that first. <laughs> Your hair. <laughs> this this is all, the well, yeah uh you you're too much, you're too kind <laughs> well, you're welcome here anytime.
0: We'd love to have you back to talk about some nerdy subject. um, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out. I'm gonna be at nanocon um on March thirtieth for us. that's tomorrow um as far as podcast goes, I was there already um. I'm doing an episode with um, Odin Abbott. So we're going to have two episodes this week. We're going to have this one and we're going to have a live one. If you're listening to this one first, then you don't know that yet. Then you listen to the other one, you know, that's the one I was talking about. Um, So um, I have been advertising that I was going to be interviewing Doug Jones at that. Unfortunately, there was a problem with that. And the convention was notified by his agent that it's not going to happen. So. We're all a little disappointed that that's not going to happen, and we apologize that we've been leading everybody on, but we were given information that we thought it was going to happen, and then it didn't happen. So, sorry about that. If you were expecting to see that this week, I, I really apologize. It just happened. So, it's sad. Yeah, we're all really sad that that couldn't be, be a thing. But yeah. um, I will share all of my experiences about the con when I get back. And does anybody have, have anything they want to shout out, David? Uh, well, if you would like more information about the
2: original, uh, the original Renaissance Pleasure Fair, you can check out, uh, RenFair.com, dot com and that will have all the information about the Southern California Renaissance Fair.
0: And I know, Anthony, you got to get going, so do you want to shout out anything out before you run out? Oh, no, I think he's gone already.
3: Sure, I could. I could oh, no, he shout is out here. One more. Good, good. You're if, still here. <laughs> if you see Aaron's videos and you're like, oh, my God. This is amazing. How could I have been so blind? I, too, would like to join the revolution. There are tons of other YouTube channels you can view. There's Peter Coffin. He's pretty cool. There's Non-Compete with American Johnson. He's also pretty cool. Angie Speaks. She's pretty dope. So all these people, you should watch all of them and learn about the evils of capitalism.
1: Yes, that's awesome. Absolutely. I 100% endorse the.
3: That's fantastic. This is when Brian gets very upset at me for spreading No, no,
0: no. This is promotion period where we embrace free speech and we drop our censorship. So I'm okay with you promoting whatever you want, Anthony. Um, So um, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. We had a fantastic, one of our best discussions about sci-fi today. I I love the directions this conversation went because we ended up in this whole comparison of the different FTL travel drives and different sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you all for listening, and thank all of our hosts and guests for being here. I was super vegan, Brian. I was joined by David Theobald III. Bye, everybody. Hindu Anthony.
3: I'm sorry I missed so much, guys. I love no, you all No, though. No,
1: you made it for the meat of it. And um, Aaron, welcome and thank you. Thank you very much for having me, and I'll be on anytime you guys want. We were Nerd Podcast
0: Radio. Stay informed. Stay. Stay informed. Stay. Oh my god, my brain's not working, David.
2: Uh stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Brian, cut yourself off.
0: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs>